hey, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to give you a piece of my mind today and let you know that if you are out there listening right now, you're amazing. Thank you. And I wanted to give a shout out to one specific person. His name is Chad Kirby. I believe it's pronounced Kirby. It could be Kirby or Kirby. I didn't ask and I apologize. But what I am going to say is that, Chad, you were the first person to buy my book, pre-order it, The Seven-Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists. And I'm grateful for that. You jumped right on board. And uh, I was going to say on, on, on the train. But here there's train tracks in the background. Anyway, you have written a book called Rapid Red. I just want to throw back uh, some thanks and say that if you haven't had the opportunity to read Rapid Red right now, Rapid Red, R-E-D, not like R-E-A-D, like, you know, past tense of read, but Rapid Red. This book is like a Civil War Western with cowboy robot kind of things and amazing intense gun battles and a young heroine who just kicks the pants off of everybody. Um, She has red hair, which is where the rapid part of the rapid red comes from. At any rate, if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can check it out for free and it's well worth it. But I would actually suggest buying a paperback because dang, yo, great book. Enjoy it. Love it. Read it. My interview today is with the ever-talented Carrie Kennedy, and what an amazing interview. We talk all about Twitter and connecting with your audience and why you write books. You don't want to miss this one. Thank you again for being a listener to <laughs> The Reluctant Book Marketer. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Carrie Kennedy. I'm the Reluctant Book Marketer, and I've got just one question for you. Do you see your novel as a million-dollar asset? Because if you don't, and you want to, you're in the right place. This is the only show for novelists who want to shift their mindset away from fear and toward abundance. Because you can sell more books than you ever dreamed when you believe in what you're doing. So I have, I have this, this, I don't know if it's a realization, it's things that come together for me, basically, and, and anybody listening, I really wish I could hammer home the importance of if you have a moment of inspiration, you're just like, oh, maybe I should try this. Or like, I wonder if anybody's ever done this before. Do that thing, drop everything that you're doing. Even if you're at work and you have an idea, I give you permission to take like <laughs> a, a, you know, quote unquote smoke break and go try the thing. Just put it out in the universe because that kind of stuff is what leads to huge accidental gains. And, and what I hear you saying, Carrie, is that you've experimented and found different uses for each social media. I'm almost scared to double back and talk about Goodreads because I just recently had one of those moments where I was like, I wonder if this will work. And Mm. I went on to Goodreads and all I did really super simple was I liked as many five-star reviews of the big sleep Raymond Chandler's book as I, as I could before it said, you know, you can't like anymore. (laughs) So in, in truth, I I didn't actually read. I just knew they gave it five stars, whatever their review was, it was going to be positive. I agreed with that. So I didn't find that I was going to be 
you know, just seeking a particular community. But what I did know or what my aha moment of inspiration was, what I dropped everything to do was if these people like the big sleep, there's a really good chance that they will also like the book that I'm publishing in September. And so yeah. if I start building that friendship now and I'm authentic with them and I don't mm-hmm. ask them to buy my book today, but I set up that friendship for nine months down the road, yeah. a little bit more than nine I might be able to ask them to buy my book and have it work for me. So talk to me a little bit about Goodreads before I tell you some of my results. Okay, fantastic. So that is pretty much what I do. I find books by authors that are within the same genre that, well, at the moment that I have written, which are suspense thrillers, because I'm doing a whole different set of genres for next year. And currently I'm working on a rom-com. So I go on to, I mean, I first started out really with the king of, for me, he's the king, Stephen King, obviously. Yes, me and, too. Um, if he, I know, if he I doesn't know come up too. on an episode, <laughs> something went <laughs> wrong. the best, right? <laughs> so, and I always start with him. And so I went across and I looked at who was following him and who he's, who uh, he he was linked with basically, and like you, very much the same sort of principle I, or process rather. I started to engage with people who were engaging uh, across the books that he had written and putting comments in and likes mm. and mm. and I'm very proactive, not just on Goodreads, but I'm very proactive and especially on LinkedIn as well. And I will dive right into the conversations. I give honest opinions. I put like you have been doing lots of likes against the comments but really establishing a relationship with the other people who are regularly yes. writing reviews and have comments that they make and I've I found that um I grew actually quite I haven't got masses of followers or, or anything yes. I mean I've only got something like 31 or 35 followers which is actually is not too bad when I've looked at some of the top authors on that mm, but my friendships have grown to I don't know. The last time I checked was about 350, 400. So mm-hmm. quite a newbie on Goodreads. Yeah, I've yeah. all of a sudden got this. And people I came to realize are actually following my reviews. So as you know, mm-hmm. on Goodreads, if you yes. follow an author or, or any reader, you can yes. do follow reviews, which I quite like to do because it adds to your ability to engage mm-hmm. and read what they don't join the conversation. Yes. And so I found all of a sudden that every time I posted a review on a book, I was getting lots of comments against it. And that was that was perfect for me because now I've got my own little set of people that every time I post out a review or mm-hmm. I do my blog post, which I do via Goodreads as well. I don't know if you've used that facility. Yes. Yeah. Um, I get little comments and likes and, and stuff like that. And uh, I just find it invaluable. It's perfect, really. And, uh, and like yes. I said before, I just, I just started with Stephen King and then I, I've sort of dipped yeah. in and out of other other authors. Yeah, that's it, it, absolutely. And so kind of going back to what you were talking about, I had that inspiration and I, I knew something maybe could work with Goodreads. So I was like, I'm just going to try this. And what happened when I liked all of those comments is that the people I liked their, their reviews of the book, they found reviews of mine that I had written and they liked yeah. them. They opened up a door, they reciprocated. And why didn't I, why didn't I know that that's how that was going to work before? Because the sad thing is I've been on Goodreads since 2000, 
2012, 2013, somewhere in there, really yeah. actively um, yeah. just logging my books because I am type A. I like to log whenever I've read a book. I like the five-star rating. I like <laughs> to review from time to time. There's that. something like satisfying about doing it and having them categorized. This is how many I've read. I am an avid goal setter. So I set goals for how many books I want to read a year. And I'm just like, I was fully engaged in that part but I only had like 70 friends and they were people I went to school with. They were people that I'd been friends with on, on Facebook for a long time. My, mm. my basic like general community. And I, I didn't realize the power of the fact that there is a social media that exists specifically for readers. Yeah. I didn't know either. Big, huge blue ocean right now that nobody yeah. is using correctly because people don't know how to engage with other people. You can't, blind message somebody on Goodreads. You have to be their friend. So you have to figure out how to add value first. And that's why Goodreads is such a cool place. If you can add value to someone's life. Yeah. And it it is. I mean, I I absolutely love it. And I also found LinkedIn is not too dissimilar. Mm. So I mean, obviously I'd been on LinkedIn from, you know, when I started going back into the workplace and I, Mm. I was just using it for connections really yeah and then when I started writing and I um I put out my debut novel Dakota I thought you know what I'm going to change my whole title I'm going to put author before my actual regular day job title beautiful and I use LinkedIn exactly the same way that I use Goodreads in the sense that I um joined the writing communities there as well Mm -hmm. and it is very much like Goodreads you know you like lots of people's posts you engage and you write comments and and I've sold books via LinkedIn which completely took me by surprise and some really good authors as well you know and I do regularly three or four times a day I'm going in and and I'm connecting and now I am finding that I'm getting lots and lots more notifications and the last very recently the last three or four weeks people are now starting to actually comment back on the comments that I'm making on their posts and I also have gone further afield to try to broaden away from just targeting authors because everybody's a reader right JD you know we shouldn't pigeonhole ourselves into author writing groups or reading writing groups because there's a whole like you said before there's a whole ocean of people out there Mm -hmm. who all read books so I've gone on to some other big name peoples and started to join in their conversations and yes I noticed today that I posted out a comment that was actually a negative comment I won't say who it was I went on to it's a really big person not even an author and I've now actually had comments back on that and I just thought well you know mm-hmm. using these platforms correctly yes. is a far better way to to get followers to have people be interested in, I mean because we're not writing I mean we write for the fun of it and the passion of it but you know we want people to read our work yeah and I find that you know using Goodreads and LinkedIn are the perfect platforms well for me most certainly yeah. Twitter for me is just to engage with other writers because mm-hmm. although I've sold on there I'm not getting that intrinsic, you know, I'm not getting that feeling that I get when I'm on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. So there, really, there are yeah. some tricks. There are some tricks to making Twitter work for you. And I'm, yeah. I do talk about it in my podcast. So it's not like I'm hiding it, but a lot yeah. of people feel like, oh, this is too difficult because I have to go one-to-one. Any, any social media that's really worth it, you're going to have to do one-to-one because mm. you build friendships and relationships. So what I tend to say to anybody who wants to find a little more value in Twitter is use the direct messages with intent, with purpose. So when you can pull somebody aside 
and start to build a friendship off of the wall, then you can build a reader and you can build uh, purpose and reason. So yeah. in my experience, I've got the seven figure marketing mindset for novelists coming out in January. And what I, what I like to do is people who have regular engagement with me, I'll drop into their DMS. I'll talk to them about my podcast first, ask if they're podcast listeners, figure out what's going on. I'm not selling them anything at that point. I'm trying yeah. to figure out how, the, how engaged they are with, with self-improvement, with empowerment type of things like that mindset mm. type of things. Some people really like it. And yeah, if they like engage that. there, then you go back and forth and you start to build trust. If they trust what I'm saying, they're going to buy my book, not because I sold it to them, but because mm. they understand that they'll get more value out of it than the money they yeah. spend on it. It makes the whole process feel really personal. And so I've sold a lot of books on Twitter doing that, but it uh-huh. is one-on-one. It's a conversation yeah. I have to have over, like you, you mentioned comments on LinkedIn, maybe several weeks or even a month later people are responding. It's about that time process for each sale you get. So you're looking at something that's kind of slow, but those people now are dialed into my podcast. They're dialed into the book that's coming out. They're going to be a book buyer the next time I have something for them. So even though it's a lot of effort to get one single reader that way, I see it as being a lifelong value as long as you just keep pressing on and you carry momentum forward. So I know that you think that same way and you've been talking without really giving a lot of credit to it, that your, your approach to all social media is very outward focused. So mm. if you're reaching out into the community and engaging with people. What makes a comment worthwhile to reply to or add your two cents? You know, if I'm seeing if it, if the, an author, for example, has posted out some words of poetry and it's accompanied with a really nice picture or a nice video, I find that I will always engage with that hmm. because it's always good to give positive feedback to somebody who's putting themselves out there because, you know, what I, I like that and I find it really valuable. So um, if somebody's put something out where they have an opinion about something and I feel quite strongly about that opinion, then... Obviously, I will put a comment back on that. I'm not really shy of coming forward with a comment, even if I think, oh, gosh, you know, I might scare a load of readers off if I say something about this or I put something, you know, like, not mm. negative, but agreeing with somebody who's saying something in particular. Mm. So I generally also find that I will comment, not for the sake of commenting, but I always find that there's something really positive to say to most people who are posting out. You know, on LinkedIn, there's, just so many authors out there but not only that you know if there's people out there who are starting new job roles I like to congratulate them because I know that when I've changed positions or when I've put a book out Mm. I get so many congratulations and I get so many of those happy work anniversaries and yes they're just the click of a button on LinkedIn Mm. especially you know you don't really even have to type it I find it it's really good to establish relationships with people from early on no matter whether they're an author or a reader or somebody who started a new job and you know you can continue on those conversations and then like you said earlier where you've touched on where you dm people on twitter and you're building up a relationship and a trust you know there is that slim chance that one of those people might think you know what i really like this person mm-hmm. i'm gonna i might just i might just read a book because i don't know about yourself I've done it so many times. I think, oh, I really, I really like the sound of that person. That person, you know, when I've seen vids or, or authors even on TikTok, I never would have gone to TikTok before, but it's really opened the genres that I'm reading. And I think, oh, wow, you know, that author is so nice. I'm going to buy a book. 
So there's so many things that will warrant for me to put a comment on a on a post. Yeah. And sometimes it's just to engage with the person and like you say, to build, build a relationship and and to you know, so they know that they can trust me and and then they might just think, well, you know, I might buy a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's so hard to decide. Um, one of the first people to buy my book was an author named Chad. Uh, thank you, by the way, Chad. I don't know if I did thank <laughs> you or not, but I really appreciate it. And um, he and I don't really know each other. Um, we're connected on Facebook. We're connected on Twitter. Uh, we might even be connected on LinkedIn, but I haven't had a lot of conversations with him. And so I think that's another thing that's really interesting about this whole marketing process is I think it has a lot to do with consistency of messaging, consistency yeah. of attitude, consistent positivity. You don't know how you are impacting people that you're not conversing with. Because I, I said it earlier in this conversation, I'm getting well over 2000 comments on my posts on Twitter every day. I'm responding to a small amount of those. I don't have the time anymore. I used to yeah. think it was my goal to respond to every single one, but I can't. However, people do read my comments. People do read my posts. And if I, if I get snarky because someone responded to one of my questions with snark, if I get negative, if I bring negative energy into that place, I lose exactly. people and I don't even know it. Yeah, I, I agree with you there very much. I um, I think also, you know, the sort of role that I have as my daytime job as well is that it, for me, despite what you feel, I mean, I've, I have been really lucky so far, Jodina. I've not had any negativity come onto me, but I do, like yourself, I am across social media an awful, an awful lot in my day at certain segments of the day. And I do see some negative posts out by you know, by authors. And I just think it doesn't matter how bad my day is or if somebody was to give me a negative comment, I'm just, you're just going to go out there and you're going to be positive because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and you feel better about yourself if you're constantly projecting a positive, and I'm pretty much, I'm a positive, I mean, we all have, you know, rough times, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. much a positive person. But I don't want a potential reader to think, okay. oh, God. That's the kind of person she is. Back. Right. Well, she's never smiling. She's yeah. just grumpy and miserable. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spend my money because at the end of the day, the bottom line is it's not just about somebody purchasing your book. It's their money they're parting with. And people, I don't. Mm. You know, we've all been there. Like, I'm not gonna buy something off you. Somebody comes to your door on the good old fashioned days, and they were gonna sell you a product. Yeah. You're not gonna buy it from the grumpy, miserable person. Mm-hmm. You're gonna buy it from the person who's engaging, who's like, wow, you know, if super. All, if all things are if all things are equal, what you're saying is absolutely true. You buy from the person that you like better if all things exactly. are equal. Exactly. It's um, so true. Yeah. I, I think that the other the other moment, and this is this is such an important conversation to have because so many writers get lost right here. If all things are equal, they're going to buy from you if they're positive. But one of the things that we see happening is that there are authors, I will never name names, but there are authors who are just hands down better at asking for someone to buy their book. And these yeah, people can be negative people. These people can can be astonishing mm-hmm. and, and, and be venomous. And a lot of them are, but yet they sell a lot of books because they know how to turn that lever and say, mm. buy my book. And they might not use those exact words, but they're, they're pushing an agenda for you to buy their book and they're creating a need. Um, and I think that we are the, the antidote to that being positive and getting comfortable enough to say, 
my books have value. You said you write children's books. So yes. talk briefly, not not necessarily so that we can have a conversation about this, but set up briefly. What's the purpose of writing a children's book? I love it. You know, I really love writing for children. I don't have children myself, but that whole losing yourself in a magical world. I mean, my children's books are about my cat, Boris, but not that I'm going to go into another story about that. But it's just, there is just something that brings you back, takes you back to your childhood, you know, and it's it's just such a wonderful experience. I love the whole process. I love making up these little little stories that are just so fun and lighthearted and are completely different to the other genres that I write, um, which I touched on before, suspense thrillers and stuff. And it's just fun you know Jodie just big fun mm-hmm. and then when I get the illustrations back my illustrator and I put all the books together and all the colors and it's just it's magical and I can just imagine that if I was a little child that was say three or four and I got a book like that I mean you probably can remember yourself I mean what grabbed you the most about a children's book was all the little pictures and the little cute animals and all the wonderful colors and it just takes you back and it is just so satisfying and I absolutely love it yeah. There was a, a series of books uh, with a character named Frances. She was a badger and she was the daughter of mama and papa badger. Uh, <laughs> and I was growing up with bread and jam for Frances. And I remember my mom reading those books to me. And I think somewhere in the back of those books, like uh, there, there is a message about being brave to try new foods in bread and jam for Francis. You know, yeah. there is that <laughs> message, but largely as a child, what it was for me was a connection point with my parents and a well-written children's book connected me with my mom. I don't remember the story as well as I remember the voice my mom used when she read that book to me. Yeah. So uh, a children's book writer is writing because the why of, of doing it is to connect parents with children, or mm-hmm. if not parents, then aunts and uncles or grandparents, authority figures with children. Because I know that yeah. there, there are people who don't have perfect home lives, but a children's book is a perfect connection. Yeah. And that why is the liberation. You're not asking someone to buy a book so you can be rich. If you do your job right, you're going to be rich. It's a funny thing that doing things for the right reason with the right why will always lead to wealth of some sort. It's not always going to be financial, but there will be wealth of some sort when you do the right thing for the right reason and push past the fear. Because a lot of people, Carrie, are afraid to ask for the sale of that book because they're like, well, I'm I'm asking somebody to spend their money on my book and I, I shouldn't get that personal with them. I'm stepping into their private place. But think about the fact that your book is now connecting a mother and her son together in a really special way. And it is uh, what you're saying is absolutely true, because when, um, for example, when I do the post outs on it, you know, it's that whole the bedtime stories or the anytime stories. And it is the connection of an, of an adult or somebody, you know, a sister, it could be or a brother even reading with the child. And when I've received feedback um, from people who have purchased the book with their children and just some of the reviews that I received, you know, that that jubilation that you feel knowing that a little child has just dotted off to daddy to say, read to me, read to me, or to their mummy. And it's really, it's just such a really nice feeling to know that you've created this additional connection for them to be reading your book together and, and creating such a such a warm feeling within a home that children are sitting with a parent or a sister or like you say, any other relative or just an adult 
And yeah. just snuggling up, reading about my Boris cat, who's, you know, <laughs> he's yeah. a super dreamer, which is why we've got books about him. Yeah. So the, the next thing that we move on to, you talked about writing thrillers and adult books. Mm. And I, I want, since our conversation has been about this, there's a connection here too. And uh, recently I was looking for my next book to read. I'd finished one and I, I went over to the shelves and I still have a lot of Stephen King I haven't read. And so I was kind of browsing his, I picked one up and then for whatever reason, I decided I would switch and I would read Dr. Sleep instead. I don't remember which one I grabbed first, but I thought I'll read Dr. Sleep. So I crack it open. And on the first page, there's an inscription uh, from the big book, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, and it was like the most eerie feeling because I had literally just gone through a situation where I felt like I was out of control with my drinking. And he spoke to me like immediately. And Stephen King does this to me all the time. It's, it's a weird thing. It's part of his magic and why he means so much to me. And I can stop right there and just say, that's what you do when you write for adults is you don't even have to mean to have a message. You probably do have a message, but you don't have to mean to. There's a reader somewhere who picks up your book at the right moment and reads the first sentence or reads the first chapter and immediately feels connected. Like they have a place in the world, like they belong, like there's, there's hope even in the darkest horror stories, even in thrillers, there's something about reading that does that to us. Talk to me about your adult fiction and and your thought process there, because you might not have a hard time asking for the sale, but people listening right now, that's why they're listening to hear you talk about your victory story about why you can ask people to buy your book. What is the connection that a person is going to have regardless of the story? What are they going to be feeling when they pick up that book that's going to supersede the story? Because sometimes I've read great books that don't connect with me because I picked them up at the wrong time. Mm. And I recognize that as being the the truth of our, our industry. I've watched movies that I wasn't in the mood for and turned off and later come back to and connected deeply with. So I, one of the things that I notice uh, with, with a lot of authors is kind of a focus on trying to compete with each other about story, when in reality, our stories are, are interchangeable. Stephen King's stories mm-hmm. are strangely interchangeable. Um, mm-hmm. Some people prefer Dean Koontz because they like the tone. Um, Dean Koontz and Stephen King write pretty similar stories. Sometimes both of them like mm-hmm. to use humor. On the outside, if you try to pitch one against the other, you fail to di- distinguish the difference between them. So there's this opportunity for you to have the really big why that drives the ask I'm selling you my book, not because of the cool story or the twist at the end, but because you are going to connect with the why of this story. It's almost like you get an opportunity to sell yourself and then the book stands in as you. That's why Stephen King means so much to us. He almost got hit by a car and killed. Well, he did get hit by a car and almost got killed. He almost lost an addiction battle with cocaine and alcohol. He almost lost his family because of all of the trouble in his life. He overcame a lot. And all of that difficulty and that struggling and that strife, he figured out a way to channel it, not necessarily into the books, even though his stories are amazing, but into what it means to to be a reader of Stephen King. When you pick up his books, you're not reading his stories so much as you're like, I know for sure that this person is going to deliver to me something soul nourishing. The why of Stephen King is... I get to confront fear with him Mm -hmm. in 
a variety of different ways, but I always know, I always trust him to carry me to the point where that fearful thing I understand and I can exist with it. And yeah. so I'm, I'm curious if you had a chance to not describe your books, your adult books, but a chance to, to talk about the why of them, what is that why for you? Well, I think that, you know, when you write a book, I think you start off writing a book without often thinking, you know, yeah, I mean, you want to give something to the reader, but you don't start off thinking, you know, this could solve everybody's problems or right. am I going to get this real inherent um feeling from a reader when they read when they read my books but I think that you know my books are about are mainly powerful well they're not so powerful but they're female characters that are perhaps not the strongest women in the world but they become to be really strong and I think that what my books can give to to an audience or to a reader is that feeling that you know what I can be like that. I can be strong. I can stand up for myself. I can. I feel empowered because I've read about this woman that such tragedy has happened to her that if she can do it, I know I can do it. And like you said, like you've touched on before with your relationship with Stephen King, for example, it's not just with reading, it's with films as well. You know, the amount of times I've got, I've, for example, just say watching a movie, I've watched a film and there could be something that's going on in my life. And I think, and I watch a character on the TV and I think, you know what? If that person is so driven and determined through everything that's going on around in the background, then I can do it. And I think yeah. that my books, well, I know that my books can give that to a reader. You know, I know that when you read my book, you're going to think, right, that's it. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. If, if one character can make her whole life different by doing X, Y, and Z, I know that I can do that too. I think it'll give them an inner strength and just a determination and a motivation as well. That's beautiful. That's been, it's been a pleasure getting to know you, talking to you. And um, yeah, I've loved that. One of the things that I didn't really mention again is that uh, Twitter's another great place to meet people that you end up interviewing on your podcast. And so half of <laughs> my guests. You DM them. Thank yes, you for having yes. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so in closing, where do you want listeners to find you first? Where, where do you want them to meet and engage with you very first? on goodreads is always great to engage with me um i love the platform and i know that if somebody is going to engage with me on goodreads or on linkedin i know that they are serious about the engagement with me and to know where i'm coming from who i am as a person what my work is about and um but i mean they can find me anywhere i'm on Instagram and I'm on TikTok and I'm on pretty much every platform, but yeah, come and find me on LinkedIn or come and find me on Goodreads. Always happy to answer any questions and and chat away and just, just be there if you need me. Excellent. Okay. I will have a link to your Goodreads in the show notes. Uh, Do, do me a favor. And if, if we aren't friends on Goodreads, which I think we are, but if we aren't go ahead and add me as a friend so I can quickly find your profile and put it in the uh, show notes. Absolutely. Um, and I'll, I'll also probably get around to it tonight or tomorrow morning. Okay. So if you don't see me linking with you, it'll be tomorrow morning. Shadi, absolute mm-hmm. pleasure to speak with you. And I yeah. really appreciate you picked my message up on Twitter. And thanks for your engagement today. Thank you. Take, Take care. care. Bye. I really apologize. I'm going to stop doing this. Um, after this episode.
probably. <laughs> Anyways, if you've listened this far, uh, you clearly enjoy the podcast and therefore you're going to benefit from reading my book, The Seven Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists. So if you haven't had a chance to pre-order your copy, do that right now. If you have pre-ordered a copy, I wanted to take a moment to just ask you to consider rating and reviewing it after you read it. Even if you hate it, just give it a star rating and review. Sometimes like those one star books, boom to catch fire. <laughs> so give it some love. Uh, and I want to thank you for being awesome. The number one request right now, pre-order the seven figure marketing mindset for novelists. I will drop that in the show notes. Take care.